Welcome to Prime Marriage Podcast, where we put marriage first. Hey, welcome to Prime Marriage Podcast. I am Chris, and I am your host, along with my wife, Brandy. Hello. And we're so glad you're here. Yes, we are. You know, I do have to say, you are getting better at this whole uh, announcer voice. Better? No, okay. Let's take a little deep dive into this, because this is take two. She's already made me restart, because <laughs> I thought it was fine, and she started laughing. I was like, I didn't even do podcast voice. She was like, oh, you did podcast voice, huh? So how can you say I'm getting better? You you are getting better. You um it, it's you don't get so um I don't know you you like it's almost like you can watch you put on a cloak of announcer whenever you get ready. You're like, <gasps> but know. it goes away quickly after it, the intro. It does, and that's the thing is I'm trying to get your voice to sound like normal. Mm, well. I think I sound fine. Well, even I think when, you sound even, good. I'm kind of jealous I'm of like, your voice. Hey, welcome to Pride Marriage <laughs> Podcast. I'm your host, Chris. Along yeah, with no. my wife, Brandy. Yeah. Give you... it up for Brandy. <laughs> that, uh, <laughs> no? no? You don't like that, huh? Not at all. Okay. Well. Yeah. That's all right. We had a we had a pretty busy week, eventful week. Yeah. A couple birthdays. We did. We have uh, two kids who... My daughter and your son, your youngest, were both born on the same day. Not same year, but same day. So Three years apart. Yeah. So they had uh, a birthday this week, and we all went out to eat. We had a good time. We did. We had a fun. really good time. We had a few extras join us, mm-hmm. which is not normally the case. But you know what? As we grow and as our children get older, the dynamics of our family birthday celebrations change. They do. And I'm okay with that. Whether we like it or not. I'm mm-hmm. eating what I'm okay with it. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm okay. With it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not all those dynamics you really wanted to see in play this week, but you know, it worked out fine. It did. It was fine. It was uneventful, yes. which is good. Yeah. Uneventful is good. That's how we like it. It is. It is. And it yeah. was free pie day. It was we free pie day. We didn't even know that when we when they picked out this place. Yeah. So. We went to a local restaurant here, and they were like, oh, Wednesdays is free pie day. I was like, it's Wednesday. And nobody wanted it. They didn't. And so (laughs) they were like, the lady goes, really? It's free. You need to take it. And I was like, just load them up to go. We'll take them home with us. And I had a little piece for breakfast today. Oh, nice. Yeah. 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 Well, I'm trying not. No, I understand that. So, although I did did have to say the key lime pie there was pretty good. Mm. So... Anyway, so last week went over well. I mean, our video has done really well. Yeah, I got lots of feedback off the video saying that people really enjoyed it, and we had a lot of fun making it. We did. And it was kind of my first foray into video editing. We had made an earlier version of that same video about a year ago. The sound wasn't very good, though. Yeah, it was awful. So I went and bought some of those little um, lapel Lapel. mics, and we used those instead, and they they worked out really well, sort of. Um, we recorded three or four of those scenes not realizing that the mic had died. And so there was zero volume on a couple of the clips. So we had to go and re-record You, know, you missed them. an opportunity there. Why? To do like your little announcer voice overlay on the video. Oh. You yeah. could have very easily taken that opportunity to do that. Yeah. I, I'm, <laughs> I don't know. That would have looked really weird. I'd have to put subtitles in there, too. Yes. Just, it would have yeah. been weird. It would have been fun, though. Yeah. But anyway, it was fun doing. And it, there might be future really videos. Well. Yeah. We're going mean, to do more. Like, if we're you guys like more. videos, let us know, because we, we kind of enjoy doing those. And, and it'll give us good experience at recording and lighting and editing and so we would we w- wouldn't mind doing a few more of those. Yeah, and I feel like the episode itself went over well. I do um, too. You know, I finally got to talk about what I've been wanting to talk about. Yes, so you're you not going to hear the song anymore. Me trying to sing Thank out uh, about that. Uh, it didn't go probably the way a lot of people thought it was going to go. Yeah. But you know, we're it is what it is. We're going to keep the things high level, and we're yeah. going to try and keep things as family friendly as possible. So. You know, we got to talk about intimacy. We got to talk about, you know, a lot of those things that are important in a marriage. So yeah. it, it was needed and it was enjoyable. It was. Yeah, we had fun talking about it. And this week. <laughs> this week's probably not going to be nearly as enjoyable. Uh, <laughs> it's not going to be bad. Uh, it's just going to be informative. And it's going to 
kind of let you into, we're going to have two straight episodes about this. Um, this week, we're kind of diving into my past. Next week, we're going to be diving into Brandy's. Yeah. Um, and so it's... Okay, so we are getting ready to dive into a subject, a topic that um, we are telling our side. Yeah. Yeah, that, I think that needs to be made clear because I think, you know, when you listen to one side of the story, it almost kind of sounds like a character assassination, but it's not. It's only our perspective. It isn't. And it, we weren't telling it in the fact of trying to... Um, attack someone we were really telling it in a manner of where we are now of how we overcame of what we had to do to overcome situations yeah and yeah. so what we're going to be talking about is your ex-wife right and we i want to make it very clear that throughout the whole process throughout the whole all of the years that we've been married we have never wanted her to fail no no in fact in our morning prayers every single day we pray for both of our ex-spouses we do we want them to succeed it's just it a lot of really bad things happened and very poor situations now if you were to hear her side of the story it would probably differ greatly from what you're going to hear today absolutely but we can only tell our side. We and, can only tell our perspective of how things happen. And why would we want her to fail? She is the mother of your daughter. That's, we would never, I would never want my ex-husband to fail. Right. We wouldn't want the president of the United States to fail because if he failed, then it meant our country failed. The same way that we would never want your ex-wife to fail because your daughter would be a victim of it. Right. And, you know, to be honest... Where she's at right now compared to where she was when we, I mean, that's yes. a big difference. Yeah. So, you know, there's been a lot that's happened, but we just want to kind of get that out there. Yes, and because, absolutely. you know, I, I know that some of this is going to sound like, wow, they're really, tra we're not out to trash anyone. No. It's just what the emotions we were going through at the time, the way that we felt about it and our perspective of it. And that's all we can give is our perspective. Yeah. So. Yeah. And we, I didn't, I don't want it to come off. I mean, whatever it is that we talk about, I don't want it to come off like we are. So negative, Nancy, on that, because truthfully, we are in such a greater place yeah. now. Oh, absolutely. It's very difficult because we walk a line when we, we talk about exes and especially ex-spouses. You know, you, everybody has crazy ex-girlfriends, crazy, crazy ex-boyfriends that you dated like when you were a teenager and you're like, Ooh, you know, they were <laughs> not so. But when you're talking about spouses, especially spouses that you had kids with, you walk a line. You do. Because... Number one, not everyone has access to this kind of platform. So we are in an advantage when it comes to over our, our exes don't have the same kind of platform to, to rebut mm -hmm. or to. And that's not what we're here to do. We are not here to trash our exes, mostly because no matter what we feel is true or not, they are still the parent of our kids. That's and right. We don't. If our kids were to listen to this, we don't want them to think, you know, that we're just trashing. But. The, the fact remains, stuff happened. Yeah. And things happened. I learned from it. Uh, we both had to learn from a lot of the aftermath. And, you know, we, it, like I said, we walk a line, but we need to talk about it because it is, <laughs> if you're in a blended family and so many families are, this is part of it. It's part yeah. and parcel with what comes in, with this territory. Um, I know when I was in my 20s, and I used to, see at the time, I think I was working at Cracker Barrel, and, uh, you know, I, I wasn't a heavy dater. I didn't date a whole lot. I didn't have a whole lot of, like, relationships, but I had rules for my relationships, my dating. And one of the rules, and I caught a lot of flack for this, is I wouldn't date girls with kids. Hmm. I didn't have kids. And I didn't want to date girls with kids because even at that young age, and I, my mind has not changed on this, unless the parent of that kid, the other parent is dead or living in Guatemala, there's going to be issues. Um, you broke your rule. Now, now hold on. <laughs> we're, we're getting to this here. Uh, those rules kind of go out the window once I have a kid, and now okay. I have to live by that same rule. Okay. And so then it becomes a, well, yeah, I might have to deal with theirs, but they're going to have to deal with mine. So it that's when, you know, that and shifts. And boy, <laughs> did we deal. <laughs> we did. 
did. <laughs> but I don't think for a single person in their 20s, that's a bad rule. No, I, I 100% agree. And I can I can speak from uh, my brother's standpoint. Um, I have a brother who lived the single life for a long time. And he actually has been married three times. My brother could not have children. But the women he married all had children. And every time the marriage ended, the ex-spouse, the parent, the other parent, had come back into the picture and had kind of caused issues and caused that marriage to end. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, I, I understand why you had that rule in place. And I, I, I think you're absolutely, it makes it very hard. It does. Uh, I just add, didn't see any reason to add that stress to my life. Now, uh, like I said, there's a flip side to that. Yeah. Coin. You're like, you're just discounting or completely ignoring a whole demographic. That it, And I'm not saying that I couldn't have found love or I couldn't you're have found a good... You're saying that was for you. I'm saying that was how I felt about it. Yeah. And I was automatically going to... If I had dated a girl with kids, I would automatically be going into it with a chip on my shoulder thinking... This is going, I mean, waiting for the other shoe to drop. Yeah. And that's not the way to start any relationship. No, it's already doomed. Yeah. So, and I, like I said, I don't regret having that kind of attitude at that point. I was young. I was single. I was carefree. Right. And I, you know, I wanted, if I was going to be in a serious relationship, I wanted to start it with someone who was the same way. Right. And I guess that's why things change because then in my late thirties, now I have a child and I'm looking for someone to start the same way right also you know and so that that thing didn't that attitude didn't uh stay yeah yeah Hmm. well as you matured and as your life situation changed then you were able to look at it from a little different perspective absolutely yeah i can understand i i 100% understand that so and you know we've talked about our past when it comes to just the nuts and bolts of it the black and white i waited very late in life uh, to get married. Yeah. I didn't get married until I was in my mid thirties and you know, I had a child fairly late in life. I'm not, you know, I, I had, I had a buddy in college one time and he was, he had just come out of high school. He was like 19 years old and his dad was 74. And I was like, uh, he, I mean, you know, he waited really, really, I didn't wait that late yeah. in life. I was still young enough to get down on the floor and play with my kid <laughs> and, you know, stuff that I don't know if he, James, <laughs> James, poor dad could have done that. I don't think. But, you know, I, I did. I waited very late in life. I um, found someone. I thought that we were good. Um, there were some, probably some red flags even before we ever got married. They weren't huge red flags, but. It was probably enough that I should have at least given pause. Right. But I was not living a believer lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And I also was very, I, I didn't have the same kind of moral attitude towards sex before marriage or outside of marriage as I do now. And so she was pregnant. And I. We had already planned on getting married. We had talked about it. I had proposed already before we ever found out she was pregnant. Right. So that was already in the works. So when she told me she was pregnant, you know, it wasn't a huge deal to me. I was like, oh, well, well, we, we were, were already getting, planning. We were yeah. going to get married anyway. Now, in the back of my mind, I was like, I don't know if that would have continued on the same way without well, that. Well, in conversations that I had had with her, that wasn't her idea either she was not planning on going through with a wedding either yeah and then she found out right and that kind of kind of solidified you know it was like because you were going to be an upstanding guy you decided that you weren't going to just carry on as unmarried and you decided that you were going to do what you thought was the right thing and marry her right because we hadn't broke up we hadn't in all you know, for all intents and purposes, we were still engaged. And right. so, you know, it wasn't that big of a leap to say, okay, we're just going to push the marriage up a little bit. Uh, we were planning on getting married in late fall. Instead, we got married at the end of the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to play pool league, and our team had actually done really well that year. She was on our team. I mean, we had done really well that year, and we won a trip to Vegas to go play in the Nationals that year. And so the... We decided to get married the day before we flew out, and we kind of used that as our honeymoon. So we went to Vegas for our honeymoon, and 
she was sick almost the whole time because <laughs> she was already pregnant and having morning, not only morning sickness, but uh, she has a lot of anxiety issues. She had a lot of depression. So mm-hmm. she was on a lot of medicine. And when she found out she was pregnant, she was like, instead of doing what her doctor told her to and weaning her off, she was like, oh, I'm pregnant. I've got she was quit. She was concerned about the baby. She was. And so, so she yeah. quit cold turkey. Absolutely. And yeah. it caused some major issues. I saw some things come out <laughs> that I was like, oh, Lord. I mean, there were times where she was like, Chris, I see bugs crawling up the wall. And I was like, oh, oh what have I got myself into? Yeah. Um, and, you know, I tried to explain it off as this is just the detox. Right. You know, that's all this is. But I, things fundamentally changed. And she didn't go back even after getting off this stuff and staying off this stuff. After she, the baby was born. Even even before the baby was born. I mean, because she didn't have a really rough pregnancy. Yeah. She didn't. I mean, she was actually pretty a pretty happy pregnant person. Um, but even then I started seeing things that I was like, why did I not notice this before? Why did I not notice this before? And we hadn't been together. This was no four or five year romance. This was a a year and a half. Yeah. And so it wasn't like we had been together forever, but I started seeing things and I was like, oh man, I don't, that's when I started to think, I don't think if the baby had come along, we would still be together. Because some of this stuff, yeah, the the coming off the medi- medication, some of that stuff kind of freaked me out, but I could also discount that. Some of the other the actual attitudes that were coming out, the, the honeymoon is over type of, no, this is actually how I am. I mean, this we're not dating anymore. And I'm sure some of that was coming out of me as well. Uh, either way, what was coming to the surface on both of us didn't get along. Yeah. There it just wasn't it wasn't good. So So fast forward. Yeah. The baby was baby born. Baby was born. Perfect little girl, Evie. She is amazing. Um, just turned sixteen. Just turned sixteen last week. Um we were doing the best we knew how to do. First time parents, both of us. Neither one of us had, you know, had had kids and so um we read a lot of books. You know, try to get that baby on a schedule, and it worked out really well. And in in those regards, she was sleeping on her own in the crib. Mm-hmm. We she we we weren't co sleeping in the bed and all that stuff. So things parenting went well. The marriage was not, and it continued to suffer. Number one, from any kind of a lack of intimacy, and that was not. It actually wasn't on her. That was on me. I was having real problems with her emotionally. And so I did not feel like I could connect with her physically. I did. I did. And, you know, that that was not the right thing to do. But she was not an overly intimate person anyway. So it wasn't, it didn't seem like it was a stark contrast to how we were. Right. Um, But it just got worse and worse in that department. And then other things happened that was just, it was... I could, everybody likes to talk about their ex, like, oh, my crazy ex. I don't think that even at that point, there was no, there was a crazy ex, but it was just tendencies that I couldn't deal with and things that, you know, and then eventually it got to the point where she, you know, was like, what, what do we, what do you do if you think you're falling in love with somebody else? And I'm like, what, (laughs) what, you never leave the house. How are you falling in the, and you know, she had really gotten big into the internet culture and she wasn't a gaming yet. That came later where it was, that became obsessive for her was the gaming. But, you know, she was, had reconnected with people that she used to know and, and, you know, people were paying attention and really wanting to get her attention. And while there was no infidelity, there was definitely a case of, she was getting attention somewhere that she wasn't getting at home. It wasn't a one-lane road there. No, I mean, there no, was... it was not. Um, there was plenty, uh, and like I said, anytime there's a split in marriage, there's plenty of blame to go around on the both. But there was, there was some real issues when it comes to how she communicated. She felt very. She was an attacker, and not only that, but she argued like a lawyer. I mean, you would still does. Uh, she still does. Yeah, she will get you trapped in a corner and not let you out. She knows exactly, you know, what to say and how to say it. You know, but she won't let you get a word in edgewise. You cannot, 
you cannot defend yourself. And it became to a point where I didn't want to talk. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to talk at all because there was everything I said was wrong. And everything I did, if we had it, if we needed to have a talk, it means I was doing something wrong. <laughs> and it just piled up and piled up. And there was gaslighting going on saying, well, you know, if, you know, it was frustrating. It was so frustrating. And I had just recently got back into church. Mm -hmm. I had started attending at first without her. Then she started to come with me a little bit. But even when she did start to come, it would be like every Sunday afternoon, she would explain to me all the reasons why what we heard in that sermon was actually not right and probably not biblical. And this preacher didn't even go to seminary. And just it was constant on and on about all the things that, you know, this is not, you know, it was a very different background she came from. She came from a very reformed background. And I actually went to church with her for a while. We went to the, that's where we got married, was in a Lutheran church. And, and you know, went to, and once again, this is not a battle of denominations. I, I believe that you love Jesus. We're going the same place, but it's also a matter of what are you comfortable with when it comes to your worship. And we were in way different places there. And that made things tough because she didn't want to go where I wanted to go. I didn't want to go where she wanted to go. Um, and that another, just another strain, another strain on an already straining marriage. And then the whole thing with, you know, well, this guy, and you know, I used to know him all the time and, and, you know, he's helped me out with this stuff. And I'm like, you're married though. I mean, you know, at this point we weren't talking about divorce, but that's when it first started getting brought up. Yeah. And, you know, I, at first I was like, oh, well, maybe this is my lifeline, you know, just get me out of this right now. I'm not going to, I mean, obviously I'm not going to be a deadbeat dad. I love my daughter. And so, you know, I'll take care. And I started here. I made a mistake. I started talking to some people at work and they're like, well, you know, I understand that. And that's noble. You want to continue to take care of, you're probably going to have to pay maintenance for a while anyway. Um, and, but I was like, well, I want her, I, I'm not trying to rob her of anything. I want my child taken care of. And they were like, well, I mean, you know, if she could just give, make sure to just give her the full custody I'm sure she, I mean, if you guys still get along, she'll give you rights to that. And that way she'll get the full amount and you get the maximum amount she can get. And I was like, I'm good with that. So that's kind of the route I took when, I mean, you're talking about a quick divorce. When we finally decided, hey, this is what's going to happen. It was two weeks and it was final. Yeah. And that's almost unheard of. But we weren't disagreeing on anything. I did not want to fight her on anything. Number one. We've been fighting enough. I did not want to fight over this too. And we didn't have a whole lot. I mean, we didn't have a home. We rented, yeah. you know, we didn't have, I had my car. She you didn't had hers. Have a, lot, yeah, we didn't, a lot of assets. We to didn't, deal with. you know, and we, uh, and you were working through the parenting yeah. part of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she knew I was a good dad. Mm -hmm. She knew that I wanted to take care of Evie too. And so I didn't feel like there was any issues. And, you know, for years after that, it got thrown back in my face that, you know, you signed away all rights to your daughter. I was like, I didn't sign away all rights. I just wanted you to have full custody. And then I, I found out that, you know, I, that was not you the way. You got bad advice. We got very <laughs> bad advice. I should not have done it that way. Okay, so um, let's, we've got the, the ground, the, the framework. Let's move forward to a new relationship. Mm, mm. Whenever you introduced. So... We actually, um, so I had just gotten a divorce and you were my first relationship out of my marriage. Mm -hmm. And, um, it was, it was a whole new ground for me. And, but we wanted to make sure that we were being respectful to both exes. Yeah. And she had asked if you would, because you had had another relationship, like a, a, a we had dated a yeah. little bit. Yeah. And. You had introduced your daughter, and uh, because she had a daughter, and mm -hmm. and so, but so your ex had asked if we would um, hold off a certain amount of time before we introduced, before you introduced your daughter to me. Right, and I, I would, I thought that was perfectly reasonable. We absolutely I said, did. I'll wait until you feel comfortable with yeah. this. Um, so we dated for quite a while before we did. It was like eleven weeks, is what originally she had asked. And I don't know where she got that, but I remember that number. 11 weeks is what she had asked for us. And she actually said, she gave us permission, which we were not going to dis... Like, we wanted to set a precedence of 
respect there. And so we were not going to press it. And I think it was like six weeks before. And then she was like, you know what? Yes, you can go ahead. And so like we, we met up at Dairy Dairy Queen Queen. Mm -hmm. and she, Evie thought, she was like, I knew it. Because you weren't a complete stranger in Evie's life. No, I was not. I was not. You were a teacher at the school. Yeah. Yeah. And and you were at church. At church. So she knew who you were. Yeah. And she had probably seen us talking a few times, not anything like no holding hands or anything, but just talking. Yeah. And so she had her suspicions. Yeah. Because she knew I was dating someone, but she also knew that, you know, I, I was not she she didn't need to know that yet. Yeah. And so I didn't say your mom won't let us. I never no, did that. No, we never did uh, no, that. No, not at all. But um, And so we tried to set a precedence as far as having an open type of relationship where, because there was a child involved. Um, now, my situation we'll talk about next week. But because because Evie had a mom, we never wanted to overstep or make her feel like she had to pick me over right. her mom or we we never wanted that like we wanted it to be open as a matter to where hey if mom doesn't want you to go until we were married if mom doesn't want you to go with us to do this or that we understand like yeah. we're not going to press that mm-hmm. and i feel like by us trying to be respectful that way it kind of backfired on us well it did but and here's part of the problem. If if I can backtrack a little bit before we even met, yeah, um, there were a lot of power struggles even after after the divorce. We've been divorced for a while, but there were power struggles. You know, she had had a problem with my dad and my stepmom, mm-hmm. and therefore, you know, any time where she was staying with me, Evie and, was staying and when with Evie you. was staying with me, and I wanted to take her over to Dad and Diane's, then. I mean, it was a battle. It mm-hmm. was a two, three-hour battle. And at the time, I was staying with my mom, and mom would hear me. And she, after the conversation, she was like, you have got to stop doing this. You have got to stop because all you're doing, I mean, you're, you're basically just trying to find some kind of common ground where you can be like, look, they still love her. That's their granddaughter, you know. Mm-hmm. But well, she, no, they, you know, they treated me bad, so that means they... Well, and, and you were trying to keep the peace like you were you were willing to pay whatever price so Evie could still be around her grandparents. You are correct. Yeah, and that also came back so, to bite me later. But. And, and that is that's kind of where I wanted to go with that was that you had started a habit of trying to keep the peace, whether it meant listening to two hour conversations that went round and round and round, her coming bringing up every argument in the book, or if it meant she would threaten to hold, withhold Evie from you. You did whatever you paid the price to keep the peace. Yes, I did not want. I, I you know, and we're going to do eventually a whole episode about my ostrich-like tendencies where my head <laughs> is buried in the sand because it is it's a problem. I hate conflict, absolutely hate it. I mean, it just. But I've had to learn how to deal with some of it, and it's only after we had been married for several years that I actually started just drawing that line and not drawing the line and then erasing it and being like, okay. But, you know, it was the double-edged sword of me wanting to keep peace at all costs and her wanting to maintain the power she had always had. Yeah. And once you get that taste of power... Because once we got married, we tried, we really tried to... to not include her, but to, because her inclusion knew no boundaries. Yeah. And so as far as like, we tried to keep her, um, not educated, but informed. That's the word. We tried to keep her informed on what was going on. And she started having a lot of health issues. Mm -hmm. And so we really had to step in. I mean, there were times that we had Evie for over a month and because of, the health issues that were going on and there ended up being a whole lot of a whole lot of um I'm going to get her today I'm going to get her today and it would end up being a week later before she actually ever got her and so we would send Evie to school thinking her mom was going to get her and w- then you would get a text or a phone call right, and scramble and, to, to and make plans there was and always there was always and... these broken promises and broken promises and and so we were trying to maneuver through that plus I'm the new stepmom yeah 
I had never walked the road of a stepmom before. I had never, but I wasn't a dummy. I had three children of my own. I knew what parenting was like. I knew what to what to do in certain situations that, and I was questioned and attacked on every one of them. Yeah, yeah. There was a, there was never a time, and because you were the threat to her power, you if if something came across that was now all of a sudden it used to be okay, but now it's not. Well, that means it's obviously your I mean, fault. To the point of, I remember a situation where Evie was like she was using handfuls of conditioner and her hair just looked greasy after after showers and so i had had a talk with her about we don't use that much and i showed her how much i mean she was what six seven years old yeah. you know she wasn't i was training her and because her mom was still bathing her and so i was trying to be like look this is how much we use and this is and we even got phone calls of well if I will send her own because if she has a problem with how much she's using and if it's a matter of that, I will send her her own that you don't have to worry about buying it. And it was everything. Every, everything was a battle. Everything. everything was a battle. I tried to, Evie had never picked out her own clothes. She had never gone shopping to like to pick out her own clothes, to match clothes. And so I would try to teach her different things and I was attacked and my character was attacked and it was through conversations that you would have and you would have hour-long conversations you would pace in our front yard for hours walking around that stupid tree just we would be in the middle of dinner and you would get a phone call and have to go outside there were three different times that i had quit smoking Mm -hmm. that i had started back after one of those conversations yeah. because I was so on edge. Yes. And because here was the thing. I was trying to navigate the waters of her losing her power. Yeah. And she didn't understand, well, it was okay before and now it's not. So it must be your wife's fault. Yes. When the fact of the matter is, no, it was okay before because I was single. I didn't have to look out for anyone else. I'm married now. Yeah. I have a family. So now some of those things that I used to be able to do, those two-hour conversations just in order to take Evie to my dad's, those aren't going to happen anymore. Yeah. You well, know? and I mean, it got to the point to where, and I even, I mean, we had we had a few intense moments of fellowship ourselves, um, but it got to the point to let's where... Let's be honest, almost every fight we had yes. was rooted in... 100%. In... My the ex-wife. rest of our marriage was great. And I can even say when Evie was here and mom was sick, we were good. We were golden. Mom wasn't getting involved. Mom wasn't she was she was trying to take care of herself. Yeah. And we were golden. It was whenever mom didn't have a boyfriend, wasn't dealing with a health crisis that she had to stir up conflict and she had to start attacking. And um, I remember that you and I were having a conversation one time and she called and you're like, oh, I got to take this. And I thought, I'm the third person in this marriage. I remember thinking I was not sitting in the, the spouse seat. I was, I was sitting like as a co-pilot while you and her navigated the waters while I was just picking up the scraps. Yeah. And, and, and that, the issues... The that issue, went on for far too long. And the issues that I had were... It was perfectly, she was perfectly fine with me whenever she wasn't able to deal with her daughter because of her sicknesses. She was, she was a-okay with me, with have her daughter being safe in our house and being me taking care of her. And, and I, we, we made it clear from day one, I was never trying to take her mom's place. No. We never I, like uh, multiple times, multiple times, we would. I never wanted to take her mom's place. She had a mom. She did not need another mom, like ever. And I mean, it was, it was, it was tough. And we, it, it came to major, <laughs> major blows. Right out on our front porch. On our front porch, there was there was a time, and and go back a little bit. We were going to Disney for that. We were going to take um, our family, our blended family, to Disney. And Evie, we, you had asked permission for Evie to go. Like, we would never, like, we weren't going to just be like, hey, we're going. You're going to have to deal with it. We invited her to go with us. Yeah. 
because my thought was, and this was even with all of this trouble that we had had in the past, I wanted her to experience her daughter's first time at Disney because it's magical and I wanted her to be a part of it. And I thought, you know what? <laughs> and this was my thinking. This is going to solidify our relationship and she's going to see me in action and she's not going to think that I'm a threat and she's not going to, oh, that was like the beginning of the even steeper decline. Yeah, it was. It got really ridiculous after that. And, and every time Evie would go home, she was interrogated mm. and Evie would tell us, I can't say anything nice about you or because I had asked her one time, do you ever tell your mom anything good that I do? And she said, I can't tell her anything nice that you do, because then she tells me, oh, I see you're picking her over me. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It got ugly for a while. It was really ugly. And Evie and I, she finally opened up to me one time whenever you weren't around, and she poured her heart out. And I wanted to wrap her up and take her so far away because of the the mental anguish that she was having. Yeah. And... Now, Evie and I butt heads. Like, there's a lot of butting heads. We're both are we're both very stubborn, hmm. and we butt heads um, for more than one reason. But we like, but we have that that bond, you know. But yeah, there was a time that there was a situation. <laughs> Evie kind of she was feeling her own at one point, and she said something a little smart aleck on the phone to her mom, and I was standing there. And I, like, number one, this is the first time I had ever heard her stand up for herself. And I was, I was kind of shocked. Her mom drove here, met us out on the front porch. <laughs> and she literally stood there and threatened to take me out on the street so we can finish this once and for all. Yeah. In our neighborhood... She literally stood on my front porch and threatened me. And it didn't end there. There was a lot more that happened. There was. And I'm not going to go into every single situation no. that happened. But there was just a lot. And let me be clear. Once again, you No, I went probably... Before you... Before... Because okay. I feel like you're trying to summarize. I'm I, not going to summarize yet. Well, but. I was going to get to the breaking point. Yeah. Well, I mean, before you even get to that. This is not a summarize. This is more of a... I know there are probably people listening to this and thinking, I thought they said they weren't going to trash that. you got to understand, I also understand, I've come to understand a little bit of what, because of her health issues, yes. because of so many things that she dealt with, she felt like she missed out on so yes. much of Evie. And now it's just a mad grasp at trying to maintain any right. semblance of control that she still has over Evie. And that includes trying to control what goes on in this house. And there were so many times I was like, Natalie, what you do at your house with her, as long as it's not breaking the law and not putting her in danger, I don't question you. Right. So I don't, this has got to stop because you've yeah. got to stop questioning. I'm not going to ask your permission for every little thing that happens. Yes, she's your daughter, but she's my daughter too. Yes. And, and so, you had to start drawing boundaries. Yeah. You had, and, and it was in the drawing of the boundaries that really more anger came out Ooh. because that yeah. control that she had always had, had she was losing it. Mm -hmm. And, um, it it got really 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 bad and there was a a defining moment we had had a major blowout you and i over her because it was whenever covid had happened and um Eve, we all had it at one point and evie was with us and we had it and she blamed me for giving it to them and she I mean and and she has health issues and so having something that early so early on that so many people were you know there there was a lot at stake and she was there was fear kind of yeah. driving it having that compromised and, immunity and she was 100 like, but we we kept evie the whole time i mean like we were not and we kept an eye on her and you know i mean it was it was fine like but we we weren't gonna let evie get sick overly sick or we weren't gonna you know try to ignore her symptoms or anything that's not who we are i mean i've been a parent three times i i kind of know what to do when people are sick but there it kind of reared its ugly head again and it got to a, a major, a major fight between you and I. 
and I had to I had to go to the church for something. Like we had a major blow up, and I had to leave and go to the church for something. And I I was like I can't I can't do this anymore. I'm I'm done. And I remember sitting in the Kroger parking lot. I was talking to somebody, and um, I I just was like I can't do this anymore. Like this home is my refuge. And there is no peace in our home right now. And we have, I can't, like, I was going to come home and ask you to just pack up your bags and leave. Little did I know, <laughs> because you had no idea about that. No, no, I did not. Little did I know, because you had texted me and I'm like, where are you? And I was like, I'm talking. <laughs> like, I was, I was done. And I had a resolve in my spirit about like, no more. Like I'm putting my foot down. I did not know that you also had a resolve and had a come to Jesus moment in our driveway. Yeah. She had came to pick up Evie and she was like, look, we got to talk me and you. That's it. Oh, and that was something that she kept doing. Yeah. She kept trying to have like get you separated from me because she didn't want me to be there because it's your child. And even though I had raised her, like all those times, I had had such a hand in it. Yeah, and I kept telling her, it's a package deal now. Yeah. You know, if you got me, you get Brandy with it. But th at this point, she was like, we just need, I was like, no. I was like, if, if a meeting's going to happen, that's fine. But, you know, Brandy's going to be there. And she was like, oh, no, she won't. I was like, well, then I think it's about time. You just need to lose my number. She was like, what? I was like, you're blocked, Natalie. I'm blocking you from all communication. No more. Evie's old enough now. I don't have to communicate with you about this stuff. And I'm done. I am done. I am done trying to. And she started going off on a tirade, and I, was, and I just walked in the house. Yeah. And I was done. I came in. I blocked her. And as soon as you walked in the door, before you even said anything, yes. I was like, um, get, on, get your on your phone, block Natalie from all text, Facebook, everything. Everything that you have, just block it. I already have. I'm done. And you just stared at me like, are you serious? <laughs> and I, you know, I had no clue what you was going on in your yes. mind at the time. All I knew was that the peace in our home had been destroyed for far too long. Yeah. And because I had been trying to keep peace instead of make peace, I had just enabled this for so long and I was done. I was yeah. like, I've got to, guess what? I don't have to see her, Yeah. but I have to see my wife every night. And that's who I need to make happy. Yeah. That's who I need to. She is my life, not not this other. This is, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Evie's almost eighteen. Then it'll be really, <laughs> you know. I won't have. To, which once again. Oh well, and and that's what I was going to. I was going to say. So we did block her. You you told her that she could communicate with you through email. I still to this day have her blocked. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't have any need to communicate with her. Um, Evie is now sixteen. Now, she does not, you did, and she did come to you. Um, she did email you at one point. Actually, she came to your work um, and caught you whenever you were walking out to your car. And did she did talk to you. And she did have logic in the matter of what if it's an emergency? How can I, I can't get to you through email. What if it's an emergency? Yeah. And they were having cell phone issues at the time. And, and, and you were like, you know what? And you came and you were like, look, I have unblocked her. It is only to be used for emergency. Yeah. Now, and she has not abided in that, but she also, because she used to blow, blow you up. up. I mean, 15, 20 texts. Yes, and would, back to back to back yeah, to there back. Yeah, there would maybe a week go by where I wouldn't hear from her, but then it would be like four days straight with yes. just 20 texts. And I was like, if if that even starts to happen again, emergency or not, it's going back to, but she yes. has not. No, she has not. And she is remarried. She has a, a husband that she cares for now, that she takes care of, and th which is her happy thing. She is a caretaker. She is. She she really has a heart, and she's cared for so many of her family members. Like she really does. And we don't like we saw her at Evie's eighth grade graduation. Um, I took pictures of you guys. We're civil. Mm -hmm. We're not like and and she would. I, whenever all of this was still going on. She had a boyfriend at the time. The boyfriend was not treating her well. And she showed up at the church one Sunday and like 
motioned me outside and I went out there and we had like, we cried and we had a heartfelt moment and I prayed with her and like in person, aside from out on our front porch, in person, I was not going to be mean to this woman. This is my stepdaughter's mother. I am yeah. not going to disrespect her. Now, what I say behind our bedroom door, whenever it's you and I, and I'm frustrated with the conversations, I'm frustrated with her actions, with her inactions, that's different. Yeah. But to her face and in front of Evie, I would never disrespect her. Yeah. And, and we've made it a habit, of course, naturally, as any divorced parents should we don't talk bad about her mom in front of her but it's open to where if she feels like she needs to vent about her mom we let her do it and i've even turned it like i'll say now evie you know you're getting older your mom doesn't know how to deal with that like you've got to be patient yeah, with we her had one of those conversations this we, week we, we definitely very, very frustrated with yes. her mother and i was like look your mom doesn't know how to process you turning old and, and starting to get freedoms and just she doesn't know how to deal with this and and it's it's making her angry it's making her confused and she's lashing and there was, out there so. was never a time through all of this now there was <laughs> I want to back it up for a minute because you did, we did at one point because we saw her health was really spiraling. There was a lot of stuff going on and she was not able to care for Evie at one time. And we, you decided to go take her to court to get not, we didn't, we weren't going for sole custody. Mm -hmm. We, you were going to get it fixed to where it was joint custody because right. she had sole custody because you needed more, um, you needed more leverage or legal rights you needed more legal rights and um we were never trying to take her away from no. her mother we were never trying now the way it was oh, the Lord. way it was going she probably would have lost her daughter yes she she there was there was too much evidence against her that was not us no, doing that no and we even in that whole point we never bashed her Mm -mm. She sat her down. She sat Evie down and read her the the legal paperwork. Yeah, and just, and there, there was, was so and, much toxic and she stuff told going her, on at yeah, that point. And, but we always even even though we had every logically we had every right to counter all of those arguments and tell her the truth and all of those arguments of the things. Evie was seven years old, and she didn't need to hear that garbage. Yeah. And, and there was no way that we were going to, to taint her feelings towards her mother. As she's grown, she's got to see the truth in who her mom is. And she and it's not all bad. Right. She's got to see the truth in who her mom is. She's got to see the truth in who you are. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the lies that were told about you, she has seen are not truth. Yeah. So as we fast forward and where we are at right now, we're at peace. We are. You drew boundaries. I drew boundaries. She still texts sometimes, but it is very occasional, and yeah. I do not get blown up. And it you don't is get, a, you hardly ever get phone calls. No, no. And the few times that she has called you or texted you, it has been about legitimate things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's been it's been hey, like Evie sick or it's she's been good. decent co-parenting, right? Right. Which is what we tried to do from the beginning. Yeah. And so, but it finally took you drawing those boundaries and. And sticking to them. And sticking to them. I had drawn the boundaries a lot of times, but I just didn't know how to stick to them. I didn't. I was yeah. I was fearful. I was fearful about the repercussions because there was so much of a heavy price to pay when I would butt heads or just flat out yeah. refuse. But eventually it got to the point where it was like, but those repercussions don't affect me anymore. I don't live in that home. I don't. I live with my wife. I, those are the repercussions I don't want to face. Right. Not that you were threatening or anything. It was just a matter of, you know, you can't do this. You cannot try and measure out and try and keep peace off something that is being venomous in your home, toxic yes. to your home and to the to the peace in your in your sanctuary. So yeah, yeah. So we're we're in a good place now. We are. I mean, we really are. Like we're we we see the light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> we're going to celebrate that. But we're in a good place to where like if we run into her out, which she's not out a lot, but when if we run into her when she's out, like we'll talk to her. Yeah, we'll I mean, we're not going to Yeah, it's not nearly what it used to be. No, it's not toxic and like we are it used very to be. I'm grateful for that. Oh, but we stuck it. We stuck it out. We, we didn't walk out, away from and it. And we kept our boundaries drawn yes. this time. And that's re really kind of what it what it took was just like, oh, 
he's not going to back off at this time. And when, when the world and when logic gave me the right, in air quotes, the right to walk away because of the situation, we stuck it out and we worked through it. And that that's not a, that's a not a widespread culture. No. A lot of times whenever things get tough, you just walk away. Right. And and so we stuck it out. And so and look at us. Yeah, we're stronger. We're much stronger for it. Yeah, look at us now. So anyway, so that is the story of you. Next week we have the story of you. Yeah. Um wow. It seemed kind of heavy. It was. <laughs> Revisiting a lot of things that, you know, but you know what? Those kind of things there are a lot of people who can relate to this. Yes. Who can relate to having some toxic situations. I'm I'm not even going to call my ex toxic. I'm going to say there were toxic situations. I, I agree with that, that. That I allowed to happen and that she took advantage of or vice versa. Like I said, no no two people are innocent in a divorce. No. I, I had my own role to play in, in why my first marriage failed. So, and I understand that. I get that. I wouldn't go back and change it right because i'm pretty happy with where i'm at but uh-huh. thanks <laughs> but yeah so we can't say that next week's going to be lighter <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> i mean but we're going to dive into my my previous marriage and um the and a, and once again the whole reason we're doing this for both of us is because it looked so different it did and this is going to maybe help someone else because yeah. this is going to deal with different issues yes. and uh, problematic things that, that arose and came up. So, yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, well, I thank you so much for joining us. You can find us at our website, mm-hmm. primarriagepodcast.com. Uh, we have an email address. We're not getting much email, so I don't know if it's just that we're doing just such a bang-up job that nobody has anything to say, or, but it's um, primemarriagepod at gmail.com. Yep. We're also on Facebook at The Prime Marriage Podcast. And yes. You'll see, that's where you'll see us post uh, the weekly episode. We'll throw it out there and there. That's also where we put our video this last yes. week. And, if and of you course, haven't we share it on it, our personal page, too. But Yeah. If you haven't watched it, go do that. Yeah, do. It's um, fun. And then um, leave us a rate, a review. We're st- kind of stuck at the same yeah, number. Yeah, we haven't had a review I mean, since like early January. So, so yeah, yeah, get out there and, and give us a review. Yeah. That would be great. Um, and then, you know, just share it with your friends, your family. If you know people who have had um, or are going through maybe some situations with ex-spouses, maybe this might be an episode that they can relate to. Absolutely. I'm sure we all have stories to tell. <laughs> and we can get together and have a cup of coffee and talk about it. So anyway, thank you so much for joining us here on Pride Marriage Podcast, where we put marriage first. And it is only divisible by one. Bye, guys. Bye.